What is going on, everybody? Hopefully, you guys are all doing well out there. Another special quarantined edition of the Sports Card Show podcast. We are joined today by none other than Ryan at Sports Card News and prolific host of the R rated Sports Card podcast, also found exclusively on sportscardradio.com. How's it going, Ryan? Pretty good. We're a few drinks in, so, uh, you know. If you thought I said some dumb shit on these other podcasts, then this one will probably be right up there. Sounds good. I think the everybody wants to know, do you have the coronavirus? <laughs> well, you know, I, I've been hearing about these things where people get it and they don't even know. So, I mean, I guess there's probably a 50-50 chance that we all have it. There's something about 100,000 cases. And I've been telling people that I've been talking to about it. I'm like, these motherfuckers, this shit didn't get here last week. And then 100,000 people got it. Like, this shit has been going on for months and months and months. So, who knows? I could have had it in February. I could have had it in January. I could have had it in a couple of days when I felt achy. I, don't, I have no idea. Do you have the coronavirus? I hope not. Uh, I've been on, uh, you know, I've been on quarantine for maybe about 10 years now. So, uh, you know, I don't know if I have it or not. But uh, I did have a couple, a couple times uh, late. It was like last year. It was right when I started. I do some work at a school. And so I figured it was just like the flu or something. But I had a couple of days where I woke up. I was incredibly achy, fever, the whole thing. But I got over it the next day. It was like, it was weird. Uh, it actually happened to me twice where I thought, oh, no, I'm coming down with the flu. This is going to be several days of of medicine and, and drinking water and stuff. And it went away almost the next day. So I don't know. Um, but obviously if you're listening to this as it's being published, uh, most of you are on some kind of quarantine or stay at home order. If you're listening to this in the archive, obviously, um, you know, time has probably passed and hopefully this thing has, has kind of gotten over it, but we are going to discuss a little bit today. Um, not any of this high-level stuff. Uh, you get enough of that on the news and, and wherever you're finding your information about this stuff these days. But we are going to talk about how it relates to the hobby. And so, uh, you know, maybe public service uh, message right off the top. If you're sensitive about taking advantage of when business closed and business is suffering and people are suffering and you can't quantify that without getting butthurt, into a business opportunity, then this podcast is not for you. The reason why this podcast is number one most downloaded, number one most talked about, number one most threatened lawsuit, number one most mentioned in court documents is because we talk about what everybody else is thinking about, but they don't have the balls to talk about it. They do, it might not be politically correct to talk about how a card shop is going to go out, out in business, so how can you take advantage of that and make some money off that? Money does not cry. Money does not have any feelings. Money does not care about anything. So if you don't care about making money, you sure as hell are not going to make any and probably not going to have a whole lot. But if you do care about it and you can put your personal feelings aside and your political beliefs and whatever aside, you can make a lot of it over the next six to 12 months as um, many people are sitting at home playing video games, watching Netflix, and then they're going to get on an unemployment and probably do the same thing. The hustlers are going to come out and shine over the next 12 months. The lazy people, the people that expect the government to give you a check, the government to get you health care, the government to bail you out, people on the W-2 lifestyle 
are going to be overtaken by the people on the 1099 lifestyle. And quite frankly, we've been promoting the 1099 self-employed sign-your-own-check lifestyle on this program um, for uh, over a decade now. And it sure would come in handy now, as many of you guys are listening, uh, are, are, are suffering job loss, financial loss, and the like. Now, one thing that we're not going to joke, one thing that's not a joke, and one thing that I don't, that does require some sensitivity is there are people dying. There are people getting sick. There are people working long hours, grocery store people, nurses, doctors, uh, firemen, paramedics. Uh, you know, uh, the, these people are, in, there are people that are gravely affected by this. And I would never joke about somebody's family member or someone personally getting ill by no fault of their own. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about how to make money, how to take advantage of this situation as you've got millions and millions of Americans that are going to go on unemployment and basically sit around, jerk off, play video games, and not be focused on making money. There's going to be a lot of businesses that are upended, a lot of jobs that go away. And anytime you have that, that's when the true entrepreneurs and true businessmen come out to play. So if you're not a true businessman, if you get sensitive about talking about other people's business failures, remember, it's not personal. We're not talking about their family. We're not talking about them getting sick or them dying. We're talking about their business failing. And there's a lot of ways to capitalize on that. Don't you agree, Ryan? Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw this after the financial uh, crisis or whatever, the collapse of that. Um, You saw innovation. You saw entrepreneurship. You saw people who didn't have to rely on getting their resume or getting a job or the college education. Really, after the financial crash happened, it didn't matter if you went to college. It didn't matter what you did. If you were a straight hustler, you could make it in life. Uh, I think the iPhone came out uh, either right before or right after that. And so it kind of ushered in a whole new economy, especially on the Internet and stuff. So this is a great opportunity because it's going to have long-lasting impact. It's going to probably impact some segments of business more than others. We'll talk about that in a card respect. But this is going to linger for a little while uh, unless they damn near come out with a cure for it or a vaccine for it tomorrow, which is – not going to happen. This is going to linger for a while because there are going to be people, there are going to be segments of businesses, there are going to be areas of the country uh, that are going to be impacted by this for quite some time, well over a year, probably more than that even. Um, This is a a 9-11 event for, you know, some people and some, some segments of business. So maybe not for the sports card industry, but it's, this, is, this is pretty crazy what, what has happened and developed over the last uh, couple weeks. Yeah, it's definitely uh, come real quick, and that's um, often how these things uh, happen. You know, sometimes they, they matriculate over a certain period of time, but usually there's kind of this breaking point. This really kind of snuck up on a lot of people and is a global crisis. It's not just here in the United States, obviously. It's a global thing. So we're going to have a global sh- uh, slowdown. 
Uh, there's going to be a, a, a lot of change in the economy, a lot of uh, ways uh, businesses, you know, businesses are going to have to adjust and they're not going to be able to do that uh, on a dime or in, in a blink of the eye. So we'll talk about that. We're definitely going to be talking about it from a card perspective, from a business perspective. If you are struggling, if you've lost your job, if maybe you had one of these jobs that that, that are going to go away temporarily or maybe permanently, we'll give you some ideas of where we'll be actually doing a lot of our focus over the next uh, six to 12 months. I'm super excited about some of the opportunities that I think there are going to materialize over the six to 12 months, especially the longer this virus kind of uh, stays out there. And then if there's kind of a repeat of it, even just the fear of it uh, repeating, maybe kind of, in, maybe it kind of tails off into the summer. But then if it, if, if there's this fear that it'll come back, I think that just that fear alone will also create more opportunities. Again, we're not looking to capitalize on people's fear. We're more looking to capitalize on people's, uh, the way their life adjusts. So obviously staying at home, not going out, not spending money at retail stores, that was already kind of occurring. We kind of had a retail apocalypse kind of in the midst with JCPenney and Sears and um, all these, you know, there's a number of different businesses uh, across, especially in the mall segment, but even in the strip malls and stuff like that, we're seeing a lot of struggle at, at brick and mortar retail, not just in the card shop realm. This is only going to accelerate it and make it, uh, you know, make Amazon and Walmart.com and, and eBay.com and, and any, any kind of e-commerce thing actually probably more and more profitable and certainly more demand is going to go in there. And so I'm excited about that. And I think there's some some specific things we'll call out uh, there. So before we get to that, I do want to make our podcast listeners aware of an event that happened right before all this stuff kicked off. Ryan and myself were included in the documents in the Leaf versus Upper Deck case, or Upper Deck versus Leaf. I'm not sure which way it's, it, it goes. But I woke up one morning, and people on Twitter are talking about how Ryan and I have been mentioned in a court document, along with two major executives in all of sports. So I love how, how we are mentioned alongside uh, the big wigs in the sports. So again, a lot of people have come and gone in the sports card industry. A lot of people have started a YouTube channel. A lot of people have started a podcast. A lot of people have uh, started a blog. How many, Ryan, out there have been named in a lawsuit? Okay, we're not plaintiffs in this lawsuit. We're being requested as witnesses by Upper Deck. And, and, Leaf filed a motion to block our testimony in the Upper Deck versus Leaf case. So we are being called as witnesses in the trial of the century in the sports card world, one that could put everything from exclusive licenses to manufacturing trading cards could tip the balance in the industry. We are being called as witnesses. How many other blogs and podcast hosts and YouTubers have been called forth in this type of thing. Ryan, do you, do you, do you know anybody? Man, I can't even think of one person. You know, maybe like 
you know, you might cite a Beckett article in a lawsuit, but how often is somebody called as a witness and then the card and then the the other card company files a motion to object to your expert testimony. I mean, it is just I'm telling you, unprecedented in the sports card world, unprecedented in the sports podcasting history. That's why this is the number one podcast. This is the number one most documented. Most documented in court documents. The Upper Deck Trading Card Company wants the host of this podcast and myself to testify in court under oath and another card company leaf trading card comp- leaf trading cards spent money and filed a motion so that that won't happen or that that might not happen so you can bet that in the history of sports card websites sports card podcast there has been nothing there has been no precedent to this again that's why you are listening to the number 1 most documented, most downloaded, most respected podcast in the industry. You have to ask yourself, you have to be sitting there and just ask yourself this question. Why would leave trading cards? Why would why would leave trading cards not want to hear the expert testimony of your host and myself? Ask yourself, why would Upper Deck Quite possibly the most respected card company in the game. Think about 1988 when they came out. Think about 1989 tops. You guys, trust me, some of you guys listening to this could name 1989 tops, one to 550 cards, like the back of your hand. But you tell me this who came out with a better set in 1989? Was it tops? Was it Donruss? Was it Fleer? Of course not. It was Upper Deck. Upper Deck is by far one of the most respected card companies in the ballgame, and they are requesting the expert testimony of the host of the number one most downloaded, most respected, most documented sports card podcast. They're requesting the testimony of myself under oath where you can't just bullshit. You were required by law to tell the truth. So please ask yourself, why would Upper Deck be requesting for us to go on the stand and tell our truth? And why would leave trading cards be actively spending money to withhold that truth? Please ask yourself that question. Colin, do you have any thoughts? Well, you know, it would be a pleasure if uh, we are called to action, called to service. We will certainly immediately, immediately go suit shopping. <laughs> we'll get some nice cufflinks. We'll make sure our shoe. I have a handmade pair of $300 dress shoes already. I'll take those to the shoe. Hopefully the shoe guy is an, I doubt that he's an essential business, but maybe by then uh, things are open again over here in California. 
and I can, um, I can have my shoes shine for that. We'll have to decide which Rolex that we'll want to wear. Um, you know, either the the Daytona with a gray suit or the president with a black suit. Um, so those are all the things that go through my mind as we're thinking about testifying. And if we're called into action, called to service, uh, we'll, we'll do our best to show up and, and, and bring the information that the court and upper deck so, so certainly needs at this critical hour and critical moment in the case. So we'll see what happens as uh, your favorite president likes to say, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, a lot of, lot of things can happen, but it is likely uh, delayed for, for a period of time until this coronavirus gets, uh, gets dealt with. So we, like the rest of you, are waited with bated breath for the court to get back to work, get back to action like everybody else. And when that time comes... We will certainly update everyone here on the show the critical aspects of the case. And if we are called into service, we will bring you all along for the ride and let you know all the juicy details. Again, right down to what we're going to wear and which watch we're wearing and what car we take to the courthouse as well. So we'll let you guys all know well, all the good details. Um, but just wanted to bring that all to you on the show. I know since you're listening to the show, I know some of you guys are, are rabid haters of the show. Don't like what we talk about, but you have to listen. You have to listen because there is no other program out there in the hobby, no other website in the hobby that has been documented to the extent that sportscardradio.com and the Sports Card Show program have been documented. I mean, just in the last 12 months, the FBI has spent over an hour on our website, and now Upper Deck is spending money to have us request our expert witness testimony, and Leaf is countering that by spending their own hard-earned money as well trying to stop it. So I'll just leave it there. Ryan, do you have any uh, any further comments on this before we get into the business opportunities at hand? I think the important things are is, yes, again, what Rolex are you going to wear? Right. And then which one am I going right. to wear? And then do we take the Benz or do we take the Tesla? I'm thinking if we have like a couple of days of tes- testimony, we could take either one. And then also, you know, I think I think the case is in Texas, so it's like, could it be humid? Is it pushed to the summer? Mm. Do we need like kind of a lighter suit game, shirt game? You know, what are we going to do color scheme wise? Um, you do have to worry a little bit about the humidity. I'm, I'm thinking about the camera angles, like because I kind of want to get a stepping out of the car and then into the courtroom, so we'll have camera angles of that. Right. So I'm thinking about you know it not being too humid and being in a really kind of you know, a suit and a jacket and it's like super muggy in Dallas or something. But, you know, if it's a little cooler there, we can go, we can go full suit. If it's a little muggy, we might have to dress down a little bit, Mm. but still, you know, maybe elevate the sunglass game, um, feature the watch a little more. 
um, something a little fresh, maybe some some color poppage. But um, certainly, you know, if and when the court decides that they want to hear the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth, when that day comes, uh, you know, we'll certainly bring people along for the ride, uh, you know, both literally, <laughs> metaphorically and literally. Uh, I, I, I could see I could see us, you know, doing a, 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 a kind of a podcast or a video shot of in the car leading up to the courtroom and, and so on and so forth. We almost need like three or four cameramen doing this, but I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it's almost... It's almost kind of good that this coronavirus kind of delayed the proceedings because it gives us some time to really milk this out and draw this out. Right. And uh, definitely very, very, very excited about it. Um, gives me an opportunity to get a new pair of pants, new pair of shoes, some socks. Um, you're going to lend me a Rolex. Um, yeah. And again, it really comes down to what is the humidity like in Dallas around this time when, when we're called for our expert testimony. Yeah, definitely. Um, those are the things I'm thinking about. Because we're going to go up there and tell the truth anyways. Right. That's what you're supposed to do. So I don't have to really worry about what I'm going to say because I'm just going to tell the truth. It's really more what am I going to wear, what am I going to look like, what are the camera angles going to look like when we step out of the car and into the courtroom. And, um, yeah, so I'm super excited about it. Right. Yeah, no, totally, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, the haircut places start opening up so I can actually get a haircut and, you know, not be full, you know, shoulder right. length. I mean, this whole coronavirus, this whole shutdown has really screwed yeah, up. it's really has. You know, because we, yeah, we, you know, yeah, exactly. Haircut, full tailored. And then again, it's really about the timing. For me, it's about the timing of the weather. I'm not walking, I'm not walking two steps in 80% humidity. <laughs> yeah. You feel yeah, me? No. So. Definitely not. I'm, I'm coming in a little casual if it's if it's humid. But if it's not humid, then you know it's the Gucci, it's the Ralph Lauren, it's the Armani straight shopping spree. Right. Right. So yeah, if they're still in business, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So there you go. We have been called to testify in Upper Deck versus Leaf. We'll let you know what happens since our testimony is currently being objected to, and I believe the courts adjourned for the coronavirus indefinitely. So we'll be milking this and stretching this out as long as possible, so you better believe that. So moving on to business-related things. So we obviously have this virus, and the virus is serious. If you're in New York, if you're anywhere, really, um, outside of a handful of places, it seems like in the United States and around the world, it is affecting you. And one of the ways it's doing that is, is governments are flexing their muscle and, and basically shutting everything down. Uh, everything from, again, tattoo shops to insurance offices to, to pretty much everything's closed except for the grocery store and, and, and a restaurant or two. So it's rough, you know, hey, if you have any kind of brick and mortar retail exposure in the sports card game, you are getting absolutely hammered because it's not like, um, you know, it's not like you guys were flush with cash. And this goes for, again, this is not just trading cards. Okay, there's going to be a ton of restaurants that probably had five stars on Yelp that were doing pretty good, but, you know, a month, month and a half of no business and they're gone. 
and let alone just people out there. I would guess, I think like half of America doesn't pay taxes. And I think it's like 30 or 40% of America doesn't even have a bank account. So, <laughs> you know, these people are going to be struggling. Okay, I know the, the government threw everybody a lifeline and everybody will be getting checks as long as you don't make tons of money which is most people probably listening, including myself. Um, so unless it's gross, but I think it was, ne- I think it's net, like what you, what you may, I think it was like under 150,000 for a married couple. And as long as it's not gross, then I will be getting a check. So, and, and I think that's good. I think that's going to, that's going to help extend people another 30 days or so. But I think the longer this goes on, and certainly in some parts of the country, uh, New York, in New York, New Jersey, uh, that area up in the country, I think just, just based on where we sit today, and I hope I'm wrong about this and I hope things, 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 things start clearing up there, but it appears to me that New York's got a very prolonged, the New York kind of what is that, northeast of the country, is going to have a prolonged battle with this. And it probably will extend down into Pennsylvania, over into Ohio, Michigan, all these places, I think, are going to be very, very, very much affected by that. Uh, Out here on the West Coast, I think it's still a coin flip. Whether or not we have a New York situation or... We, we don't. We're not quite as stacked on top of each other out here on the West Coast. I know everybody, you know, you think of San Francisco, you think of L.A., but, you know, a lot of people don't, in California don't live very close to there um, so or don't really travel there much. So, you know, some of us are going to get get by, I think. But I think we're looking at a couple months, honestly, over there in New York and Pennsylvania. So if you have any exposure any retail, certainly if you have a store in the, in that part of the country, which I think a lot of people do, we've got the national that I think is tends to be around the first week of August. You know, there's a lot of exposure up there uh, to trading cards, and I think Tops has their offices right there in New York, which I've always thought is is stupid. Not necessarily for this reason, but it's now proving to be a bit probably a big problem for them going forward. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a prolonged thing. And one check from Trump and, and a couple months of unemployment benefits is is probably going to help cushion the, the economic impact, but I think um, definitely not diminish it a, at all, especially for people that don't have a diverse business model. Why don't you give your your opening thoughts, Ryan, on, on kind of where we stand today and then maybe three or four months going forward. Yeah, I think it's pretty scary. As somebody who lived in, I, I immediately was thinking about Las Vegas because I lived there for five months. Uh, right after, people probably remember the huge shooting that they had at the country music concert. And I remember I was, I, hadn't, I didn't move there, but I, I literally went to Vegas like two or three days after that happened. Like they literally had the window still shot out of the, <laughs> of the uh, Mandalay Bay or whatever. Uh, they hadn't even covered it up really yet. So, and, and then I moved to Vegas maybe a couple months after that. And yes, it was really slow in Vegas and it was really a, a kind of a, a, a shaky time for them because people were kind of scared to go to Vegas and it was certainly kind of a black eye for them. But the, the strip didn't shut down. Like that night the shooting happened, there were literally people running down the strip bloodied from the concert, because the thing's right across the street from the Mandalay Bay. 
So people were running from that, bloodied and shot down the strip. The strip didn't shut down. This has literally shut down the strip. It's going to shut down the strip for five or six weeks. Anyone who had a job in Vegas, at the pool, at the club, at the casinos, straight cooked. And you're right, a lot of those people don't pay taxes. Most of the people I meet don't pay taxes. I was talking to my neighbor the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, it looks like Trump's, you know, I was like, dude, do you file your taxes? It looks like, you know, if you do, you're going to get $1,200. And he was like, no, I haven't filed my taxes and I never file my taxes. This is a dude in his 50s. And I'm like, what? So most people aren't going to get this money or get any relief or don't qualify for unemployment. This is going to hurt some people really hard. In terms of sports cards, I think it could hurt physical shops the most, people who don't sell online. Because if, you, you know, if you're not able to go to a restaurant, if you're not able to go to the casino, do you really want to go in a card store? So I think this hurts some of the old-time shops, the guys who haven't uh, branched off into group breaking, haven't branched off into selling a lot of cards online. This definitely, in my opinion, hurts them the most because depending where they are in the country, they could literally be facing a complete shutdown. And in my opinion, when they start talking about this coming, dying out in the summer and coming back in the fall, well, what is the fall effect? The fall affects Christmas and Thanksgiving sales. So again, if you're a card shop or a business that relies on Black Friday and Christmas shopping, that could be absolutely, totally different. That's what I would start to be thinking about now. Now, if you're a business that a large card business, that any business, that a large percentage of your income comes from Black Friday, Christmas shopping, you could be heavily impacted. Because if this thing comes back or there's fear that it is, you literally could see a, quote, shutdown of Thanksgiving, a, quote, shutdown of Christmas, where people aren't going out and shopping, where people are primarily shopping online. So I think a lot of people, if you haven't already, you've got to quickly pivot your business. Um, And I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast if you only have a shop and that's all you really believe in. Um, It'd be kind of awkward for you maybe to be listening to a podcast like this. But I think there are people in this hobby and there are certain businesses that could survive and certainly thrive in this environment. But it's going to be very tricky because some of your core customers, those people who are working in the clubs in Las Vegas, those people who are working in the casinos in Las Vegas, those people who are working in New York and making a lot of money, that business could be totally different. Totally, totally different. And when we, you know, people have been throwing around sports cards as, quote, investments the last, you know, six to 12 months. Well, if the fucking stock market fucking tanks, trust me, people are going to be thinking about baseball cards like Beanie Babies. Outside the community, outside the baseball card community, trust me, mention baseball cards as, quote, investments in the next 6 to 12 months, and people are going to fucking laugh at you. Fucking laugh at you. So all of that has totally changed. Literally three or four weeks ago, we were talking about a Gary V bounce, how this motherfucker was tweeting about cards and elevating the price of cards fucking $50 to $100 just by, by a single tweet. All of that has changed. All of that. 
And you could be looking at, even if you have a business that is focused online and you think you can weather the storm, well, your customers could be impacted. If all of Vegas is shut down, that's not the only economy and the only city and the only um, type of business that is going to be hurt. Every fucking restaurant, like, like you mentioned, every fucking restaurant is shut down. You don't think there's not cooks and waitresses and front-end staff and back-of-the-house staff that don't collect cards and that don't buy into group breaks and that don't frequent hobby shops? Any downturn in the economy, you're going to see that hit the sports card world. We've already seen it. Zion Williamson cards were selling. Prism rookie cards were selling for over $200 before all this hit. And now go online. Just do a search. You should be able to buy one for under $150. So they've literally gone down $50 in value. Less, and we haven't even mentioned they're not playing sports. They're not playing sports right now. How much is the card market, the rookie card market, the new sports card market, the group break market driven by hype and people actually playing the games? You got, no, you got nothing playing right now. Absolutely nothing. And so when, when, that, when will that start up? How will that impact cards? Will, be there, will there be the same level of interest? Will there be the same level of interest in the people that you have cards up and that you're, quote, invested in? This literally to- totally changed... Everything, I think there's probably a lot of people in the sports car world who think they can survive this. Oh, we're, we're, I'm going to be okay. Da, 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 da. But we haven't even really seen the impacts yet. People haven't really have, had to miss a check. People haven't really had to make that decision between paying their bills or buying into that new break. And in my opinion, over the next three to four to five months, if there's nothing driving you to go buy sports cards, there's no games. There's no interest. There's no hype. You've already seen the price of a Zion Williamson go from $200, $220 down to $130, $150. How many more weeks or even days will it take before those are $100, $100. How does that impact group breakers? How does that impact shops? How does that impact people who have a lot of inventory? How does that impact people who have bet big on the sports card market? How does that impact people who have gotten in recently and, quote, being invested? We're going to see. We're going to see because things aren't just going to, the coronavirus ain't just going to go away and then everybody's going to go back to normal. That's not going to fucking happen. No fucking way. They're going to open up Las Vegas and people are going to be scared to death to go. They're going to open up Disneyland, and people are going to be scared to death to go. You're going to open up your card shop, and people aren't going to come back because their restaurant closed, because their nightclub that they worked at closed, because the concerts that they worked at closed. We're facing kind of something very serious, not only in life, But in the sports card world, I don't see a lot of people talking about it. I don't see a lot of people kind of thinking about it. I think they think things are going to be okay. But there are going to be some people that are going to go out of business, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think, 
obviously I think we are, are, are you know, our immediate concern. And I think if we, you know, if we had like on a scale of one to 10, who's 10 we're most concerned about. I think it's like you said, the card shop guy that's exposed uh, to only physical sales, almost strictly all physical sales, but is also, and even if you're online a little bit, but is also maybe in one of these hotspot areas that seems like maybe that they'll get it the worst, uh, they're going to be closed for a, a very extended period of time. And it, I don't care, even if you were doing, like I said, there are businesses that were doing well. That we're doing just fine. I mean, I think Boeing just had. I saw Boeing had to get a bunch of money from a bailout. McDonald's withdrew like a billion, one billion, not a million, a billion dollars on a credit line because they're concerned about the future. Under Armour, I knew drew drew down. I think it was like seventy million dollars on their credit line. And businesses are doing. I mean, these are the big, big businesses. And, and Under Armour has hundreds of millions of dollars of cash. Same with uh, McDonald's. These companies have hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank, and they're withdrawing on their credit line because they are uncertain about what's happening. So you better believe. A card shop guy, a breaker, anybody that's doing business, even the card companies. I mean, we can get, we, you know, during the last fiscal crisis, I believe the two biggest card manufacturers were sold. I think Tops went right before the crisis actually occurred um, or before, I should say, maybe before it became apparent to the stock market and the rest of the world. They sold, I believe, in 07, and then Panini kind of came out of nowhere like in 08. So we could see a changing of the guard in the card companies as well because they are fully levered, fully invested, and if they can't get autographs of players because they're in quarantine or not playing uh, or there's no you know agreement to get that done, if there's no games being played – if there's no way for them to get through their offices, there's no way to print the cards because that place is not essential and it's quarantine as well. Well, guess what? They might go out of business as well. Uh, so I really don't think anybody is safe. I think, again, the, the card shop owner not exposed to any kind of online source is most exposed. Anybody that has has kind of fully levered their business, Tops and Panini, I'd be concerned about actually. The longer it goes on, the longer sports aren't being played, the longer, it, especially New York, and if I think uh, Panini's down closer to Dallas, if those areas turn it, uh, we already know New York is, is probably one of the worst in the world. Um, and so Tops is definitely going to be affected by this very negatively. And if Dallas and Texas kind of gets hit, again, we're hoping that they don't and it, it, it's, it's okay down there. But um, they're definitely going to be impacted by it as well. I think group breakers, I think for now, seem like somebody that could come out as a winner. But here's the problem is that the barrier of entry, and we've always talked about that in this business, is very low. It's essentially an internet connection, a webcam, a social media account, and some product is about all you need. Since we've seen some of these dorks that pull scams on people, no one's ever heard of them. They don't have a website that, you know, and, and they're able to fill breaks and, and pull scams on people. So anybody can get into this business, and the longer it goes, that that looks like a winning business, the more competition that is going to come in. 
And so in my opinion, that will probably drive down margins to maybe lower than where they were before. So yes, you might be able to survive, but you're going to become under pressure on, on competition that will likely emerge uh, from, you know, maybe you got a guy that used to make money with a shop and now he's tra- now he's doing break, he's doing more breaks or he's doing breaks now. Um, or guys that, you know, maybe used to do eBay and, and maybe grading and the guys that used to grade, like grade and flip. Well, we know the card graders are closed. Okay. They're, they're in quarantine. So now this guy that used to grade and flip, he can't do that. So maybe he starts breaking. Okay. So there's a lot of, I could see a lot of pressure and a lot of competition come into that. So even if it is a winning business model, when everybody's on quarantine, um, you know, I could see pressure coming in. And also just the longer this goes, okay, the longer the club owner is collecting unemployment, the longer that, um, people are out of work and and also fearing going out in public and stuff like that, the more and more economic pressure will become realized. I don't even think we've come close to that because we haven't even really, you know, it hasn't even really been even 30 days here. So people haven't paid their credit card bill. They haven't paid their mortgage. They haven't paid their car payment um, more than one time. I think the, the longer this goes, the longer it cycles, obviously the more bills you have to pay. And then you start making choices. Like you said, do I buy into this break or do I buy my kids some cereal? Um, you know, things like that. Decisions are going to have to be made. And I think as we go forward, demand, again, we've seen it on the single card side. We're buying quite a bit on check out my cards. You know, if you if you were buying when Gary V was tweeting about cards every other day, and and now that cards have gone down and you're not buying more, you're a fucking moron. Okay, that's like buying stocks at the top, and then when they go down, you don't buy any. Okay, we call those people just absolutely suckers, so or bag holders uh, in the stock market. So you're always holding an empty bag of money, essentially, because you're buying stocks at the wrong time. So we're buying, I'm seeing more deals. We probably had over $1,000, well over $1,000 in our Check Out My Cards account, really because, and I think we've talked about this a little bit on the show, just kind of in passing, is there, there just wasn't a lot of deals out there. There just wasn't a lot of people donking off cards for cheap. In fact, they were just going up and up and up. We were seeing, we talked about it, where, we, you know, like a base Bowman Chrome of some baseball guy that's like the the fifth best second baseman prospect in the in the system and his card sells for a dollar. And it was like, you know, 10 years ago when Steven Strasburg was a rookie, you could have bought his base Bowman for a dollar. So um, you know, times changed. Things got really overheated. And so we were actually focused uh, primarily on selling. And, and now I think if you're a buyer, you know, I don't necessarily know you need to jump in there right away. Uh, right now, I think you can be patient. Uh, there's going to be a lot of good deals to be had over the next couple months. So certainly if you're listening to this show, you're more on the collecting side. I would take that away from our discussion that, hey, there's going to be a lot of pain over the next couple months. There's going to be people having to liquidate their shop, liquidate their collection. Maybe they inherited some cards and they just kind of sat on them. And now it's like, well, you know, now I kind of need need some money, um, you know. So 
I think those decisions are going to be made, again, not necessarily right now, because people are only paying their first car payment, and, and, and most people can probably afford to do that one time, but to do it two times, three times, four times, five times, even if you're collecting unemployment or something like that, it's not going to be easy. It's definitely not going to be easy for, for a lot of people out there, uh, the, especially the longer this goes. So I think there'll be some deals to be had out there. If you are a collector, if you're a buyer, I would certainly be patient. And again, we don't have a driver behind this. We don't have them playing games. We don't have any talk of it on TV, any debate. There's no talk of it on social media. There's nothing going on in the sports card world right now. And it could stay like that for the foreseeable future. Um, so we'll, we'll see where, where that takes us. Um, there. So we talked a little, do you have any thoughts on the group breakers and, and kind of how they're going to survive this, this downturn? You know, I see a scenario where the group breakers do okay, because I think the, the struggle that they've had over the last, you know, 12 months, maybe 18 months is getting enough product. Whereas honest to God, in the next six months, that, that shouldn't be a problem. Like there shouldn't be this overwhelming heat on some of these products. Some of them, certainly, there's going to be enough interest. Even if the virus spreads across the whole United States, there's still going to be people who are going to sit at home and buy cards. But there shouldn't be this overwhelming sense. So I think if you're a group breaker and you're a, and you don't, I think most, I don't know, I would assume most group breakers don't keep a lot of inventory. So they're able to, you know, buy a couple cases and sell them, buy a couple more cases, sell them, buy a couple more cases, and maybe they're committing several months out, and that's kind of the, the, the trouble and the trick of the business is you're committing several months out for some of this product, but you're, you're not holding a lot of inventory. In my opinion, the people who face a lot of risk in this environment are people who hold a lot of inventory, blow out cards, deal car wealth, the distributors, the card companies themselves. You could see a scenario here where, you know, the, the, the Players Association and the league, you know, some shit hits the fan and all of a sudden they're locked out or they don't have an agreement during this, quote, coronavirus uh, thing. That, that, that could cause delays in manufacturing, not being able to get autographs from players because they don't want to do signing sessions or whatever, or what have you, could be a problem. Not having the hype of new rookies, especially in baseball, is going to be a huge problem if they don't start kicking off games by the summertime. A huge problem for current year baseball products. But again, a savvy group breaker who doesn't have a whole lot of inventory on hand should be able to navigate this, pick up some products, sell them, and yes, maybe his or her margin is lower than it was even just a few weeks ago. But if you have a clientele that sticks around, and yes, you're going to lose some of your clients because some of your clients were club workers in Vegas and hotel workers in Las Vegas and workers at restaurants that got shut down and so on and so forth. You're going to lose some of those people. But if you strictly sell online, and you, know, you might be able to, to, to navigate through this. I think the question I have for you is if you were someone in the sports card world and you immediately saw this 20, 30, 40% dip, 
what would be your immediate action steps to take if you're a shop owner, breaker, someone who flipped cards? I guess it varies from, from person to person, but what, what, what would you do right now, now that all this is kind of shit hit the fan, this could last, God knows, over a year, at least another couple months, at least. What would be, what would you do right now? So if I was a shop owner with no online presence, I would start liquidating. For me, I would uh, liquidate uh, my portfolio, so to speak. I would try to sell everything or, or almost everything because here, here's, you know, I would, I would get as much cash as possible. If you decide that you want to stay in business, you know, I think you have that, that discussion with yourself too. Do you really want to be in business anymore? Maybe not. Maybe you have some savings. Maybe you already own your house. You don't have a lot of bills, things like that. Maybe it's time to close. And certainly, um, you know, if you're not, I, I think a lot that that's going to happen a lot in commercial real estate. There's going to be a lot of uh, foreclosure, so to speak, in the in the in the retail space. So leaving your lease with a year or two years left, I don't think is going to be that big of a deal. Uh, and, and certainly the alternative to maybe trying to ride this out and going into f- further financial damage might 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 be a big mistake, might be a really big mistake, especially if you're in the New York area or, or the New Jersey area or anywhere up in that part of the country, might be a big mistake to think you're going to be able to ride this out for a couple months. I would certainly figure out how you can maybe get unemployment benefits. We saw that people, gig, gig workers and self-employed people for the very first time, if this was a, a Democrat president, the media would be, would just be hailing them as this this amazing thing, but since it's Trump, nobody talks about this. Hello, if you're a self-employed uh, shop owner, you can get unemployment benefits for the very first time ever. Okay, when I lost my shop in the last financial crisis, guess what? I couldn't apply for unemployment, but now you can apparently. So I would definitely be looking to do that. But I would think about closing if I was a shop owner, and it it, it looked like it was going to be maybe a couple months. I would I would look to close. And, and maybe if you're young enough, maybe look to, to open when, when things get depressed. Because if things get depressed, rent's going to go down. Uh, everything's going to go down in price. All the cards that you had in your possession are probably going to go down in value. So it might be worth just kind of liquidating and selling. If I was a breaker, I would be looking to solidify my lists. Okay, and what do I mean by that? An email list. I would get my website. I would spend a lot of time working on my website. Work on your stream. Work on your marketing ability. Work on promotions. Work on connecting one-on-one with people. I would spend a little bit of time on, I, I would spend some time on social media, obviously, but I would try to convert those people that are following you on Instagram. A lot of you probably already have a, a decent enough following on Instagram if you're not new. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that, convert those people onto an email list. 
Convert those people onto something you have full control over because guess what? What happens if Facebook gets quarantined? What happens if Twitter gets quarantined? You know, uh, it's not out of the question that those it, those sites can be impacted. We saw this last week with us selling on Amazon. They stopped accepting, unless you're selling toilet paper and food and, and household items, they don't even want your items anymore. They're prioritizing deliveries of items based on what category they're in. So certainly has impacted me, not necessarily negatively, but it certainly has impacted my selling on Amazon, okay? Oh, three, four weeks ago, I would have never dreamed that I could have, you know, I would be required to not send my products to Amazon. Okay. They basically want you to send in as much as you can usually. So if I was a breaker, again, I'd be building, I would try to build up a nice email list. I'd massage that list, try to figure out who my best customers are, my best my best people are, and really take care of people, really up the customer service up the um, marketing that I do so I can maintain your presence and, and your business as I think more people probably pour in to being a group breaker if that kind of seems to be one of the more viable things uh, for these shop owners that decide to hang on or the guys that were kind of on the fence on group breaking. Well, this might be the thing that tips them right over into it since a lot of people might have a lot more free time on their hands. You might have a lot of these people that go on unemployment and then turn into a group breaker, okay? So I could definitely see that. People that had a job, had the grind, now all of a sudden turn into the breaker because now they've got, now they're getting paid by the government to sit around on their ass. You're gonna have a lot, millions, millions of people around this country. They're gonna get paid for the next three to six months to sit on their ass, and so that'll definitely bring in some competition. If I'm an online guy, uh, kind of, I guess you could kind of say that that's where we're at. Um, if you're kind of in that boat and you're selling cards on Check of My Cards, selling cards on eBay, um, and as long as you weren't in the grading kind of like buy, grade, and flip kind of game, which I don't think makes a lot of sense based on their lead times, but um, you know, I would I would just keep looking for deals, just slowly start inching in to buying. Uh, That's certainly what we've done. We've probably spent more money in the last week or two on cards than we did uh, probably the prior maybe six months or so. Um, So, and we're still selling at the same time. Things are still selling. Uh, It's not like things... Uh, when you're selling the low... That's why I kind of like why we've always preached kind of the lower end cards because... You know, if a if a card you bought for ten cents and repriced at thirty cents goes down twenty percent, it, it it doesn't really matter, okay? If you're buying three hundred dollar boxes of cards and eighty dollar blasters to pull a Zion that was once worth two hundred and now is worth one fifty, you know it's a lot different because you you know it's a lot different game to play. So if I was a single guy, I'd just keep inching in because again, this is something unknown. It is something we've never seen before. We could be completely wrong. And in four weeks, Gary V could be tweeting about cards every other second like he was. Um, so these things can change quickly as we've seen. They can go from bad to worse and maybe from worse to good again. I, I Obviously, I hope that for, for, for most people out there, but if it goes from bad to worse to even, e- even more worse, 
the whole country starts turning into New York and everybody starts getting infected, then yeah, it's going to be really bad. And you're going to want, if, if you're a buyer of cards, you're going to want to have some cash on the sideline because some opportunities are, are, are going to be there. Um, so depends on where you're at, but I would definitely, if I was a buyer, somebody trying to get into the, the game, try to up my business, I'd be patient. Okay. I don't think you need to put your pedal to the metal. Now, if you're in this game, and you're already struggling, you're closed, you're worried about your finances, you need to put the pedal to the metal and start making some real decisions like right now. Right now. Whether or not you want to be open, you think you can be open, and there is no shame, absolutely no shame, packing your shit up and going home. There, There's no shame in that. In fact, the, for us personally... That was the turning point in our life, actually, financially especially, but in a lot of ways, other ways, because once you turn things around for yourself financially, a lot of other things open up for you uh, and a lot of other things happen. Uh, You know, if I didn't turn myself around financially, I don't think I'd be married, have a kid, have a house, you know, those kind of things. So, you know, when we closed up shop in 2008 in the midst of one of the worst financial crises the country or and really the world has ever seen, if we didn't pack up our stuff and go home, we may never have transitioned into the wildly profitable business ventures we are in today. So packing your stuff up, going home, and not feeling sorry for yourself, not sitting around playing Call of Duty, not sitting around watching Netflix, not sitting around watching Pornhub, but actually figuring out how to improve your skills and how to make money. The people that do that are going to come out of this wildly, wildly successful. So you might have a couple months where, like us, we were eating bags of chips. I remember there were times I would go to Mountain Mike's and with a student ID from the college I went to, I could get a personal pizza and a soda for under $5. I would go down there. I would walk down there. I didn't have a car. And if I did, I couldn't afford to put gas in it. I'd walk out there, get a pizza, walk home, come home. And I might get hungry for dinner, but I didn't have no money then. So I could scrape together about 50, 60 cents and go get a bag of chips. So there might be, t- there might be some time where you do that, where, where you, you know, you got to go over to your friend's house because uh, the, the, they're eating. Or you got to, you know, invite somebody over to your apartment because you know they're going to bring some beer and maybe a bag of chips to eat. And so you can drink and eat a little bit. So there might be some struggles over the next couple months, you might have to pick up a job or for a couple months to just kind of put some money into your pocket, but be working on something to turn your life around. Get off of the W-2 lifestyle where at the end of the year you get a W-2 and at the end of the year you get a 1099. I was just looking at mine from Google. It had six figures on it. I looked at my one from Amazon. It was high five figures. Okay, you need to start getting 1099s and they need to start, uh, you know, I, you know, when I first started with Google, first started with Amazon, first started with this, you know, kind of self-employed lifestyle, they weren't five-figure checks, six-figure checks. But, the, you know, you start working on it, uh, the easier it becomes, your, your skills get better and you start making money. So pack your shit up. Don't, don't feel bad. Don't feel like... Uh, 
You know, there's anybody out there pressuring you. Yes, you'll have people that are disappointed that you're not open or you're not tweeting or you're not selling anymore. But don't be scared to pack your shit up and and move on uh, would be, you know. If we didn't pack our shit up and move on, you wouldn't be listening to this. Po- this podcast is an example of packing our shit up, moving on, and now 12 years later, we're being mentioned in court documents and being called to testify by the biggest companies in the trading card game. So better things might be on the horizon. That's what I have, w- would have to say. Um, okay, so... Here's a call. Here's another topic I want to. I'll toss it to you first. What spots, not necessarily just in trading cards, but in general, um, what do you think is going to be hot? Where are the opportunities going to be? Over, you know, if, if we got people at home that, that, you know, like you said, they used to work at the club or they used to work for the airlines or they used to work for a cruise ship or they used to work at a restaurant or they used to work at a place that relied on those people coming in and coming in and spending money. We got people at home that are probably going to run out of money the minute Donald Trump sends them a check here in about two or three weeks. So, what would you tell people out there? Like, where's the opportunity going to be at over, call it the next three to six months? You know, it really depends on your skill level. If you're living check to check and you don't have a whole lot of skills, you know, you should sign up for Grubhub or Postmates or something to deliver food. You know, that's that, that might be your best opportunity. Yeah, and hey, I'll throw, um, just not to cut you off, I'll throw something in here. Okay, if you're going to deliver for Postmates and uh, Uber, Uber Eats or whatever it is, here's what I would suggest. Download some ebooks or listen to some podcasts that are going to teach you about something whether it's the stock market or designing website or Google AdWords or email marketing or um, starting a franchise or starting a business or something like that. That's what I would do. So there's going to be a lot of dead time when you're waiting for a delivery or you're driving to a delivery, whatever it is. Use that time to Further your knowledge, get your knowledge and get your skills uh, going, get your juices flowing. So then you're not just delivering for Postmates. You're actually kind of, you know, building skill and, and building motivation while you're doing it. That would be what I would, would, would add on top of that. But it would definitely put some cash in your pocket. I think that's step number one uh, probably for a lot of people out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, so I think, yeah, if you're in that moment where you're check to check and you have to get some income in the door, then setting up a website or trying to sell on Amazon, that's maybe not, you know, the opportunity I would look for. I would look for opportunities to get some quick cash and pay your bills. And you might be able to do that with uh, food delivery because the restaurants are still open and they probably deliver some food and uh, you know that sort of option. Now, if you're in the mode of maybe you have a little bit saved up, maybe you have a lot saved up. In my opinion, I still think online retail is 
you know, if people are going to get their full unemployment benefits for a certain period of time, if certain segments of or, or certain uh, geographical areas of the United States are not going to be heavily impacted by this, I think you're going to, and maybe if, maybe if things kind of clear up or there's not as big a threat as there is now, there's still going to be fucking people scared to death to walk into a fucking Target, Walmart, or any kind of fucking store. Scared to death, let alone to go to Disneyland or Las Vegas. So I think you're going to see, I mean, I've already seen it on Amazon. I've had to ramp up my buying in the last two to three weeks, and I don't sell a lot on Amazon. I do not. Like, if you total up the total inventory I have on Amazon, it's not very much money. But I fucking sell quite a few things a day. I've got to go to the post office every single day. I've got to pack and ship stuff every single day. I do a lot of seller fulfilled stuff because I sell health and beauty stuff, which is hazmat, and you don't really uh, send into Amazon that much. But I've noticed that I've seen a huge uptick. Shit that has been sitting in boxes at my house for months, all of a sudden is just peeling off. Tick, 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 selling, selling, selling. So I think there, if the economy holds or somewhat holds or there's some kind of relief either from the government or from the virus itself that it slows in some certain areas and the economic impact isn't as great, you're still going to see people scared to death to go into stores. And the thing that people is, aren't talking about is if this virus gets killed off, quote, in the summer, but then returns in the fall, you're going to see a, a, quote, shutdown of Thanksgiving and a, quote, shutdown of Christmas. People are not going to walk into a fucking store on Black Friday or any other day if there is a threat of a fucking coronavirus, period. There's going to be a lot now. There's going to be some, but there's, there's going to be a lot of people, including probably myself. So what are you going to do? If you still have money, if, the, if, you're econo- if you haven't been economically impacted as much, you might buy shit online. And so for me personally, I see the opportunities um, if the economy holds, selling online, flipping shit. The first thing I thought when Vegas shut down was, oh shit, when they reopen Vegas, I'm going to run right back to Vegas, get some free hotel rooms or some really cheap furnished apartment on the strip and flip merchandise that you can buy pretty heavily and pretty easily on the strip. So... It's going to be, you know, just following the news and keeping up with it and kind of seeing what happens is really going to be a day-to-day thing. Another thing that's a day-to-day thing, I don't know if you had on our list of things to talk about, is the fucking national. And I feel like we should talk about it. I know you've never been. But this is a fucking event that people, they either go to promote themselves or there are some people who fucking straight go and clean up. I know the auction houses use this a lot of time to get inventory to sell and to promote a huge auction that they're running. The, the, the national site for this year in Atlantic City is currently fucking shut down and being used as a hospital. You really think in four months they're going to be motherfuckers walking around after fucking four months ago there were coronavirus patients in the fucking Atlantic City Convention Center? Stop it. Stop it. We are day, we are weeks, if not days, 
away from the National Sports Collectors Convention being canceled. So, if you were listening to this, and that show is 5%, 10%, 20%, 30% of your business, and trust and believe I've talked to some people that this is a huge thing for them. They not only sell a lot of stuff, but they buy a lot of stuff that they then take home. They meet a lot of people that creates a lot of goodwill. That is all going to be gone. Non-existent. So if you've planned for this, if that's a huge part of your business, you need to start reacting and planning for that now. That 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 event is not going to take place. Like right now. Again, if that's a huge part of your business. Auction houses, single card sellers, could be a big percentage of your business. You're going to want to react to that now. How is that going to impact you? That the National Sports Collectors Convention is going to be canceled for sure. That's something people haven't, I haven't, you know, seen a whole lot of discussion about, especially on the business end. That's going to impact things. That's a major event for the hobby. That's a major event that people think about, talking about. Gary Vee was already hyping that he was going to go. He was bringing probably hundreds of people were just going to go just because Gary Vee was going to be there. Hundreds of people, let alone on the, all the other people that were for fucking some reason going to go to Atlantic City. In some respects, it's a blessing. <laughs> Any of you that were there a few years ago, good fucking God. What a shithole that fucking place is. I apologize to anybody from New Jersey and that area, but holy fucking shit. As a guy who Google right now, 10 most miserable places to live, and I guarantee you my fucking hometown will show up in the top 10. So you can take that to heart. You can take that to the bank. When I fucking talk shit on Atlantic City, it's the goddamn fucking truth. So if anything, it's a blessing in disguise. I worry about the health and the viability of the national. That thing's going to be fucking cooked. They're going to have to give refunds to all the dealers. Now, granted, you can 100% guarantee they ain't going to owe Atlantic City anything. Atlantic City was giving them free rent to use that now coronavirus hospital that's down there in that fucking piece of fucking shit city known as Atlantic City, New Jersey. What a fucking miserable place that is. So in some respects, be thankful that if you were going to go there, you now don't fucking have to. But if you're a dealer... And that was 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% of your business, you're fucked. Again, we're weeks, if not days, from that event getting canceled. I wanted to fucking get that in there. Well, I think it makes a lot of, makes a lot of sense. You know, card fondlers aren't known necessarily for their good hygiene, and now they're gonna go to an event, fondle cards, put them back in a box, and some, you know, like 10, 15, 20 people could fondle the same card in the same day. To me, the trajectory in that part... Now, if if the National was in Idaho or Montana or North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, if it was in one of these places, 
I would maybe be saying, well, you know, I could, you know, maybe they could have it. But the problem is if you've got people coming, if Gary Vee's coming in from New York, do I want to touch the cards that Gary Vee, do I want to go up to his booth? You know, this guy's got coronavirus all around him right now. So, uh, you, you know, you almost have to like self-quarantine for 14 days before you came to the national. Uh, it, it's it, it's not a good, it, it's it's not something... You couldn't pay me money to go to the National, especially in Atlantic City, but especially with the backdrop that uh, that city and that area of the country is going under now, where people are literally scared to go outside, let alone touch something that somebody else just touched. Uh, it's it's literally, um, you know, everybody's got germophobia in, in New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania. Connecticut, all those places over there. So um, not somewhere I would want to go. And, you know, like you said, the venue that the the place is at is a hospital right now. I mean, literally a hospital. So, you know, I can't imagine them closing that up in expeditious time so people can come fondle baseball cards. Now, are the athletes going to want to fly in? You know, is Joe Montana and some of these geriatric, not that Montana's geriatric at this point, but some of these guys are kind of old. They're in that 65-plus time frame. Do they want to fly into New Jersey and and take a picture that was touched by three other people and then sign it and shake hands and do all that? No, they're not. None of them are going to want to do that. So, um, like you said, I think the holdup is is they're they're probably sitting there over there praying that they don't have to refund people money that they've already collected, and they probably don't have insurance. I would guess a, a place maybe the, a place like the National has some kind of insurance policy on the event being canceled, but it may not even cover something like a, a pandemic or something like that. It probably only covers the most generic type of uh, ways an event can be canceled. So. Um, even if they have an insurance policy, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if it didn't even cover or, or even fully cover, uh, the cancellation of the event due to some kind of health outbreak. So yeah, it's, it's definitely going to impact the hobby. I, I don't, I think we're still in any number one, you know, I, I don't even think we've gotten out of the bot, you know, the top of the first inning with how this is going to impact, uh, the card market. And I think you made a good point there as well. Uh, about selling on Amazon. You know, the time to sell on Amazon is we've been talking about it on this show for three years. Okay. We've told you step by step exactly what we sell, where we get this stuff from. We've told, you know, we've told you at length how you could make an extra thousand to two thousand dollars on Amazon. And my guess is less than half of one percent of you guys actually took action on that. Uh, just to give you some idea. Uh, I was worried when this, when this happened, when this really started taking off and, and everybody started taking it really seriously, I was like, oh shit, because really the last two months, January and February, I went heavy on my Amazon inventory. I spent, I actually looked, I spent over $9,000 on product, uh, through my distributor, uh, through two months. And to just give you an idea, so that's about $4,500 a month. 
and for a whole year, that would be well over well over fifty thousand dollars in 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 product just purchased. I looked last year. Last year, I only purchased thirty five about thirty five thirty six thousand from my distributor. So I was on pace to really like double, probably even triple, how much inventory I was buying, and I was sending it in in big hundred pound, two hundred pound, three hundred pound kind of uh, shipments. And I was doing, I was being very consistent with, it. I was actually really motivated and excited to work on my Amazon business for the first time in a while for, for some reason. Um, and then this, then this happened and I was thinking, fuck, no, you know, um, nobody's going to buy this stuff, but the, a- actually the opposite has occurred. Uh, since I sell a lot of board games, I actually think that makes a lot of sense. People are spending time at home. They've probably run through the DVR. They've run through the the Netflix uh, watch list, and they probably have kids at home, and so they're sitting around trying to do things also as a family and with their kids. And so board games have been flying off the shelf. I mean, probably not as good as hand sanitizer, but for me, uh, it's as good or better than any Christmas season I've ever been to. To give you an idea, month over month, uh, so this month compared to last month, I'm up 35% in my sales, which is huge. And compared to last year, I'm up 64% over last year. So it, it it's not necessarily a slow time. For me, the slowest time tends to be right at the, the middle and end of the summer, right as you start to go back to school. And I used to supplement that with backpack sales and things like that. But uh, man, it's been on fire. Uh, you know, supplies, board games, um, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, all the other little credit, uh, you know, card games that I sell has just been flying off the shelf. Stuff that I've forgotten that I've had in my Amazon inventory starts selling. I've been raising the price of things. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, the only unfortunate thing is Amazon start stopped taking shipments of non-essential items. So I can't, so I'm starting to run low on some of the Amazon inventory, but like you, I've switched to seller fulfilled and I've had huge success. I have uh, I have a little storefront now. And so I go over there, I get a box of stuff and I bring it to my house. It's a little easier to kind of print out labels um, since I'm not open. Uh, it's easier to have just labels and do all that stuff home. I, I put some items on Amazon, filled up a box, a medium sized box, brought it over here. That box has like two items in it now. Um, and, and that was like four or five days ago. Things are selling very quickly and it's amazing. Now, here's the opportunity. Um, you know, if, if you don't want to get a, go get a wholesale distributor list and things like that. Here's where I think an amazing opportunity is going to be over the next six to 12 months is you're going to have tons and tons of inventory that is going to go unsold at Dick's Sporting Goods, at, at Kohl's, at Nike, at Under Armour, at Adidas, at Lululemon, at all these retail stores are going to ha- be sitting on inventory that they were expecting to sell over the month of March and April, and now they're straight up closed. So they're going to have May season. Nordstrom's and all these companies are going to come back. They're going to have all this, a lot of this inventory needs to be cycled out anyways, because it's maybe winter coats and sweaters and spring stuff. They're going to have to cycle that out for shorts and t-shirts and tank tops and, and, and sandals and flip-flops and things like that. So there's going to be all this inventory that has no demand and has all this supply that is going to get dumped onto the market somehow 
And there's going to be, I think, a lot of like retail arbitrage situations where you're going to be able to buy something at, at one source, put it on eBay, put it on Amazon, put it on uh, Macari, put it on uh, Poshmark, put it on Real Real. There, there's just going to be, to me, if you don't do that, if, if that's something you're interested in and you don't do it, I mean, you're a moron. Okay, if that's some a business you've wanted to start up or if you've done a little bit in the past and you want to see if you can scale it up, I think the opportunity is going to be unbelievable. I would guess for the next 12 to 24 months, I think that's going to be one of the hottest things and ways to make money. Uh, just as you know, again, you could be sitting at home on unemployment and go do some retail arbit- arbitrage once things start opening up, things start getting back to normal. Um, so I think that's a great, for me, that would be an excellent way to start once again, things start getting back to normal because we, you know, nurses aren't, aren't seeing a work shortage. Teachers are still getting paid policemen, firemen, um, you know, all down the line. There are plenty of people in this economy that are still going to make money and still going to get paid. Uh, And there's parts of the economy where, you know, maybe you went from working at the club to working at the grocery store, working at the uh, the restaurant to going to working at Amazon. So there's going to be people that just basically shift their job from one to the other and maybe sacrifice a little bit income, but maybe not. Maybe they make about the same or roughly the same. So, and on top of that, like you said, Nobody's going to go want to rub elbow to elbow at some shopping mall or at some crowded place to do shopping. They're going to want to sit at home, get on Amazon or get on eBay or get on any of these sites and do some shopping uh, there as well. So certainly some, I think some huge opportunities in e-commerce, huge opportunities in acquiring some of this inventory that's literally sitting in Macy's right now. Like just think about it right now. In Macy's, Nordstrom's, Nike, Under Armour, Lululemon, these stores are closed. Nobody is going in there. No customers, no one working there. They're going to show up at some point, 30, 60, 90 days later, and they're going to have to clear out all this inventory that's in there and then bring in new inventory. And, 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 not sure they're not even going to be sure what the demand is at that point so that inventory might not sell well and they've got to bring in winter inventory uh you know towards the end of august and things like that so it's just going to be a dream come true from kind of a wholesale to retail kind of perspective i'm super excited about it if you've listened to this podcast over the last 12 years it is number one for a number of different reasons. Number one, we talk about the issues everybody's thinking about, everybody's talking about, but they're afraid to talk about in real terms and, and give it to you guys straight and not sugarcoat it with political correctness or not say certain things because they don't want to hurt a sponsor or a potential sponsor. We really don't care about that. You're, you should be your own sponsor. You should sign your own checks. You should cash your own checks at the end of the month and not have that have anybody else's name on it other than yours. And that's what we've been teaching you over the last 12 years as well. How to sign your own checks, how to be self-employed, how to make money on the internet, how to make money in the sports card game, how to invest wisely, how to invest your time wisely. And my guess is only a fraction of you have really taken that to heart and we get ourselves to this situation and you know, instead of playing Call of Duty, instead of watching Netflix, instead of watching a whole seasons of Stranger Things, you could have been improving your skills and improving your life. 
and you could be sitting in this position. Again, I'm not trying to sit here and rub it in your guys' faces or say, hey, I've got a bunch of money right now. I'm doing great. Look, everybody's going to have to sacrifice. Everybody's going to sacrifice to a certain degree over the next 6 to 12 months. And I certainly, 10, 12 years ago when we had the financial crisis here in the United States, I certainly struggled financially as well. But this time is completely different. Because I have plenty of income streams. Those income streams are actually going, and believe it or not, have actually gone up in the last two to three weeks rather than gone down. And I'm actually really surprised about the Amazon. I'm not at all surprised about my websites and things like that. Because clicks, while I, I do, uh, I have observed the money I get per click is down a little bit, maybe about 5%. And I think it could go down maybe another couple points from there. In turn, it is actually cheaper and easier for me to, more, more importantly, cheaper for me to acquire traffic. So while the top line might go down, the bottom line really doesn't change because the cost input has also gone down as well. So... Uh, but I'm really surprised uh, in some – I'm not surprised that Amazon is doing really well and being a seller on Amazon is doing well. But the category in which I sell in, I was actually really surprised and really encouraged to see the enthusiasm and the demand there for the products. That just shows me that there will be demand going forward even as this financial crisis kind of matriculates through the economy. I think with the checks going out to people and the fact that businesses can take out loans to pay payroll um, or grants essentially to, to, to pay payroll for the next three months or so, um, I think that's going to cushion the blow enough to where you know someone like me can operate business as usual. In fact, I just got an order yesterday of you know maybe $1,600, $1,700 worth of product uh, because I... I feel like the demand the the demand is definitely going to be there. Um, but again, I'm not exposed to sports really, uh, not fully exposed to sports or even sports trading cards. I'm more exposed to board games, more exposed to collectible card games, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and really not really those, but that, there's games like that, and to supplies, which again gamers use and. You know, I think card collectors, if they cut back on buying cards, they're probably still going to need supplies and things to put their cards in. That might be a way for of therapy for them as well. While they're not buying cards, they can sit around and fondle them and put them in boxes and label them and organize them and things like that. I certainly think people are out there doing that. So for me, retail arbitrage super going to be super red hot. There's going to be lots more. I mean, I would go to, you know this too, I would go to Ross and there'd be nothing. Uh, the, you know, there'd be nothing there. And, uh, or I'd go to TJ Maxx and, and, you know, there wasn't anything really super profitable there. I think that's going to change. Um, and it may not be Ross and TJ Maxx that, that really pick up a lot of this dead inventory. There, there might be other sources out there where you can pick up some of this dead inventory that's certainly going to come live. I'm super excited about that. I think you're going to be able to just straight up go to Macy's and straight up go to, Nordstrom's or any of these stores too and find huge like 70, 80, 90% off racks 
where you're going to be able to find some some flipping opportunities there. Um, so super excited about that. Uh, from the card angle, just going to keep ch- chipping down that, that check on my cards balance. We have way, way too much cash over there. But in a situation like this, I'm really, really glad that we have way over $1,000 to spend on cards because, uh, you know, as time goes on, the longer and longer that is going to go. Um, because we're not buying the $120 cards. We're not buying the $50 cards. We're, you know, we're coming down, you know, 30, 40 cents to a dollar. Probably the average value in, in most of our accounts is about a dollar. So that's where we're, you know, we're looking to buy the card. If we're pricing it at a dollar, we're looking to buy it under 30 cents in most cases. So I've seen a lot more of those deals. That Those deals were commonplace uh, six, five, six, seven, eight years ago on Check On My Cards, where you could buy a card for $0.10 cents and reprice it for $0.30 cents and it would sell. Um, those deals really dried up, honestly, really. Just in the last probably 12 months or so especially, those deals were hard to find uh, and now much, much, much easier, I think. And I think it's only going to continue because people are going to have to sell their cards uh, for a number of different reasons. So... Those are my thoughts there. I didn't know if you had any further thoughts on this situation. Not really. I just think it's going to require a little bit more hustling than it has in the past. I think you've had uh, shop owners or breakers or whoever have had it a little easy the last 6 to 12 months where you're basically just able to order from either direct or from your distributor and put a price on it, slap it on and, you know, and sell it. Um, Whereas I think now it's going to be totally different. If you're a hobby shop, you might actually be physically shut down. And so you've got to come up with a different way, either delivery or online to uh, sell your product. Because I'm sure your bills at your shop aren't going to stop. Highly doubtful that's going to happen. If you're a breaker, you may, again, you might have to just, Hustle more. Um, so again, you know, going to have to play this day by day, month by month on who this impacts the most. We're seeing hot spots right now over in the East Coast and shit. If you've got a store in New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut or whatever, again, like, you literally might get shut down. And even if you don't, are people really going to be coming in? So you need to be acting now. If you, again, I mentioned if the national is a huge part of your business, you need to be fucking acting now. If card shows, you know, to... if card shows is your model, might not, you know, like how, you know, who's going to be enthusiastic to show up at a show and touch cards that have been fondled 15 different times in the last hour? Nobody is, okay? Nobody's going to be really enthusiastic, especially older guys. Okay, if you're an older population, you're, you're going to become germaphobe, okay? And I'm not everybody, not 100% of the population, but a good portion of people are really going to be germaphobes over the next, call until there's a vaccine, really, I think, till there's a vaccine that you can take, which is probably at least 12 months away, you know, I don't see that people that rely on shows and people physically showing up, it's going to be a huge, huge struggle. Huge struggle. 
Well, they're not even playing sports right now. So that <laughs> too. People don't. You know, we don't even know the impact yet. If, if sports are shut down, and in my opinion, baseball's hurt the most because. With basketball, you still have the draft and the rookies. You know, they're not going to cancel the NFL draft. So if you like Joe Burrow and you want some of that shit, you're going to buy it. And football hasn't generally been as the hottest sport in the last year or two anyways. Basketball, I feel like, you know, yeah, Zions have gone from 220 down to 150, but I feel like you can still move basketball product right now. I'm still buying basketball cards, for instance. Baseball's a, a totally different, exam- different ballgame, especially if you're talking about new product. If you if you know you rely heavily on breaking and selling new tops product, you've got no rookies, you've got no hype, you've got no games. If that extends into the foreseeable future, I just see that you know kind of hurting, uh, certainly hurting the baseball card market uh, the most and potentially tops the most. So you know this is just a you know it's a crazy time. It's a different time. People have to adjust. And the smart people, the hustlers, the true entrepreneur, true entrepreneurs, they're going to thrive in this time. The guys who are fly by night, who are amateurs, who don't have a whole lot of skills, they're going to fail. And you'll see that play out over the next 6 to 12 months. Um, Because you're going to have a totally different environment. You can't just buy a table at the National and flip cards. Like, that's not going to happen. You can't just, you know, call GTS or call Southern Hobby and get some shit and resell it online. Probably not. Your margins are probably going to slim up a little bit, especially if you're not able to get allocation. If you're a store, you might be physically closed. And besides that fact, again, we've mentioned it about 18 times on this podcast. How many people want to fucking come into a store and fondle cards that been fondled 18 different times by 25 white overweight men that are 65 or older. I mean, you want to talk about fucking a breeding ground for coronavirus. It's the Atlantic City Convention Center at the National Sports Collectors Convention. Bunch of motherfuckers who haven't taken a shower in six to eight months, who are overweight, who eat McDonald's, who smoke cigarettes, who can't tell you anything about world events, but could fucking recite the checklist to 1986 tops. Could front and back identify the entire set on their deathbed. That's where the fucking coronavirus is spreading. A bunch of fucking dumbasses who don't know shit. Other than the 650 card set of 1986 Tops Baseball. So this is, this is certainly a, uh, an interesting time. It's a fun time if you have a sports card podcast such as this one. Number one. Most downloaded. Most documented. Most requested expert witnesses. Have you had another podcast host be requested as an expert witness? 
And to top that off, have you had a card company spend money to try to block that expert testimony? Of course not! This is why you listen. This is why you download. And again, this is why this is the number one most downloaded, most documented in court or out of court sports card podcast on the internet. Because we're not going to bullshit you. Well, maybe the National will be open. Maybe you'll be there with Joe Montana arm in arm. You got to be fucking kidding me. Every single one of those athletes are going to pull out. Every single one of those dealers are going to pull out. And every half self-respecting Somewhat educated person is not going to fucking step foot in Atlantic City, especially after the convention center was set up as a coronavirus hospital. Guys, Atlantic City is a fucking piece of shit anyways. And guys, they just set up the convention center as a coronavirus hospital. And you guys think... In four months, you're going to be there fondling cards, talking about how great the industry is. Some of you dorks are going to be out of business. Some of you dorks are going to be working at Pizza Hut and Domino's. (laughs) You should be brushing up your resume right fucking now. It's over. It's over. That's all I got to say. I'm really drunk. Ooh. Um, so, yeah, you know, again, money comes and goes, okay? That's why Ryan and I can get on here and kind of uh, kind of joke about it a little bit, joke about somebody having to go work for Pizza Hut, joke about uh, these kind of things. We can joke about it because money comes and goes, guys. If you get out of this and you don't get coronavirus, your mom and dad don't get coronavirus, your grandma and grandpa don't get coronavirus, your kids don't get it. That's the most important thing. In times like these, the most important thing is your health and safety of your family uh, and your friends, okay? So that's why we we got on here and and we're giving it to you straight from the business perspective. Because guys, businesses come and go. Good times come, good times go. Bad times come, bad times go. There's really not a whole lot you can do to kind of control that. And you know it's going to happen. You know good times are going to be there, bad times are going to come too. Okay? But what you don't want is to be infected with a virus that you end up dying from. So stay healthy out there. Make sure you're doing everything possible to avoid getting corona. Um, And just know that there's going to be a a tremendous amount of impact not only on everybody uh, from from that perspective, but also from a financial perspective as well. True, um, true, true entrepreneurs will be taking this time and taking advantage of it. And it depends on where you're at. If you're like Ryan and I, and you've already kind of gone through this one time in your life, and, and you're kind of set up pretty well, um, 
you know, I don't want to say well financially, but I certainly haven't been worried about paying bills over the last few weeks. My wife actually, believe it or not, has been working way less uh, over the last couple of weeks, been getting sent home early, getting called off. Um, so it's actually a myth that nurses are being overworked. You know, the worst, nurses in the ER are overworked, but if you don't work in the, the emergency room or, or, or they tell you what floor to work on, um, you know, you might have some, some time off. And so, you know, take this time, spend some time with your family, but if you, if you're at like where we're at, you have some money to invest, you have some time, you can really kind of catapult yourself to, to the next level over the next 12 to 24 months. If, if you're struggling financially, like we said, get, you know, find that bridge Find that temporary job if it's if it's working for Uber or uh, Uber Eats or or Grubhub or or you know those kind of things or maybe it's going and taking a job at Amazon or taking a job at Walmart or whatever or Target or wherever it is or at the grocery store or something like that you know maybe you got to do that especially if you're younger already um, those those jobs are definitely not above you at that point um, but I mean I, I I remember during the recession I'd have you know, 75 year old ladies bagging my groceries and checking me out at Target and things like that. So um, we're going to see more and more of that. Uh, Younger people are probably going to be impacted the most because you're going to get squeezed out of jobs that were once there that now people that have kids and and food, food, you know, really serious bills to pay, they're going to be taking those jobs up. So that's where you can get your hustle on and get your education on. And, um, you know, I I can't tell you how many hours, countless hours I stayed up at night looking at word, how to set up WordPress, how to do Google AdWords, how to do SEO, how to do, uh, all these things related to working at, uh, working on a website. I spent a lot, a lot, a lot of times, times where I like would fall asleep uh, on my computer, watching a video, reading a tutorial, Okay, if your eyes aren't twitching the next day because you stayed up so late grinding, you're probably not working hard enough. And if you've made it already, you got a good job, you got some income, you had some savings, I know people are probably concerned about my stock portfolio. Guys, newsflash, newsflash, I have more in Rolex watches and jewelry than I do in the stock market. So don't worry, guys. Gold is doing just fine. Rare gemstones are doing just fine. Last last I saw, Rolex actually shut down the factory. Rolex shut down their factory, I think, for the first time in their history. And uh, so, you know, the supply of Rolexes are, are not increasing. And that means... And the price of gold is increasing. So I, I'm fine, okay? Stocks go up and down. Last time I looked, Amazon stock is actually up for the year. And I think that's about 15, 20% of my portfolio. So portfolio's fine. Portfolio is still positive. Uh, I'm trying to acquire stocks. So then I hadn't bought a stock in probably about a year. Um, I was buying much more stock right when Trump got elected. That was the last time I like heavily bought stocks. Um, so yeah, things are actually pretty good right now. If you're trying to buy stocks, I would be patient on that. I think you've got several months of this, of the stock market bottoming out. I don't think we're anywhere close to the bottoming of the stock market. So I would let that kind of bottom out. 
I think you can nibble on stocks that you think that will do well. Walmart, uh, Amazon, stocks like that, Kroger, um, food companies will probably do pretty well. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Last thing I want to say is, especially over the last year, two years, we've been stressing that if you're a real fucking man, you do sign your own checks, but you also protect your family as well. We've got NYPD uh, devastated by the coronavirus. We've got uh, governors and mayors issuing orders to their their police departments to not arrest people for breaking and entering, not arrest people for burglary, don't arrest people for uh, dis- you know disturbing the peace and things like that. Guys, and the, the higher unemployment goes, it's proven that the worse crime gets. If you're not out there actively protecting yourself and have protection for your family, you're a fucking moron, okay? doesn't take much in terms of money and training to be fully equipped to handle not just one attacker, but two, three, four, five different robbers. I've seen videos online. I've seen numerous videos online where five big tough dudes come into a house fully armed, fully armed, okay, with the guns out, ready to go. One bullet comes their way. Those guys look like Speedy Gonzalez running away as fast as they can. I swear to God. And it's, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want any evidence, the media will only report on gun violence that takes victims' lives. They don't ever report on, on self-protecting. On, you actually have to seek that information out for yourself. I'll give you a hint right now. I would say nine times out of ten, the videos I've seen of guys coming in looking all tough with their hood on, the gun to the side, acting like they're Ice Cube in a movie, all of a sudden one bullet comes those guys' ways. I swear to God, those guys run, turn around and run so fast. They don't want to be a victim. They want money. They want uh, jewelry. They want whatever, uh, cell phones, whatever it is in the store. The minute it looks like they're going to be a victim, they turn around and run uh, you know, as fast as anyone you've ever seen. I mean, it's, it's almost comical. Protect yourself. Things are going to get unsafe, unstable. In most states, you, your constitutional rights have not been infringed on that much. Out here in California, they're extraordinarily infringed on. But if you have money and you don't have a criminal record, it is actually not as hard as people believe. So protect yourself out there. Stay safe, stay healthy. That is the most important thing. It, I, I, I believe it to be very insensitive to, to make fun of people about their health or take advantage of people because they are sick or they're not feeling well, or they're having to take care of a family member. But business and money do not. Business and money and economics do not have any feelings, do not have any political correctness, do not give a fuck. It's time to go out there and start scooping it off the ground. Okay, we've already seen Donald Trump got, got up into what is the Air Force, it's not Air Force One or whatever the little helicopter he gets to ride around in. He's already gotten up in that and dropped, sprinkled $2.2 trillion down onto America. Believe me, that's not going to be the first time Helicopter money just drops from the helicopter. Okay. Interest rates are basically zero, or if not negative, we might see there was actually negative interest rates the other day. 
in the short-term bond. That means you're getting paid to borrow money. We might see that. I don't know if we'll ever see a negative rate mortgage in this country, but you better believe if there's negative, if you got paid to take out a mortgage, you better believe I'm going to be running out and buying houses. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity, a lot of cheap money, free money out there, and you should be able to go out there and scoop it. Take advantage of it. There might be a couple months, six months, 12 months of kind of hardship. You might have to take a step back. You might be, you, you might be used to going to the club. You might be used to being able to go out to eat. You might be used to having some nice things in your life, buying into NT breaks, buying into whatever break you want. You might have to take a step back from that for 12 months. But on the other side of that might be even bigger riches and fortunes to come if you take advantage of it. So hopefully you guys are doing well out there. We're in our 12th year giving it to you guys straight. Talking about the topics everybody wants to hear about. Everybody wants to talk about, but they can't. That's why we're number one here on the program. The other reason why we're number one here on the program is we give you the 110% unadulterated truth to the point that card companies well-respected card companies are spending their hard-earned money recruiting us as witnesses in critical, game-changing lawsuits that are happening in this industry. And the counterparty in those suits spend their hard money, their lawyers' energy to try to block our bombshell testimony. We'll keep you abreast on all that situation. Hopefully, you guys are all doing well out there. We'll be back again, quarantined or not, some other time, some other place. But for now, we are out of here.